Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. You have to stop reading this. Secret series by... Pseudonymous Bosch. Book... Number five. Chapter... Seven. Chapter seven. Sherds, not shards. Hmm. Never heard of that. Sherds, not shards. Interesting. Okay. All right. Page 63. I mean, what can you say? Can't say nothing. Because, I mean, it is a weird book. Yeah, you cannot say nothing that's not a correct way of saying things we shouldn't say things like that huh you can't say anything all right let me take a wild guess you've never broken a finger off of mummy before don't feel bad about it there's still time second guess second wild guess you have however broken something valuable maybe more than one something in the past let's say that time heals all wounds but as you know from experience that is not true Certainly, time does not mend broken pots, especially does not mend priceless Ming Dynasty bowls, but I won't bore you with that story right now. I will tell you this. I wasn't the one who thought that this was a good idea to to rest a fragile Chinese antique on top of a big Belgian box of chocolates. Enough said. To return to the subject at hand, as it were, a broken finger is one thing, a broken off finger, another. A broken off a three- thousand-year-old corpse is an altogether different kettle of, uh, something or other. Somebody has an opinion about what to do with the miserable miscreants who have maimed the mu- the museum's mystery mummy. Oops, I just dropped that. Okay. Miss Johnson suggested reporting the young offender to the police right away, and, for good measure, to the Egyptian authorities as well. Kids. I know. Vandalism is like cancer, she said. It must be treated quickly and brutally or it will spread. Today's a mummy. Tomorrow will be defacing the Mona Lisa. The administrators of the museum, who who did not look very kindly on breaking of ancient artifacts, lent them to a f- by foreign countries, were inclined to let the principal decide her students' fates. Thankfully, the exhibit's curator had a cooler head. The mummy was priceless. Was a priceless treasure, true, he agreed. But this was a terrible accident, yes. This was an accident, and accidents happen, even to mummies, even to King Tut. As the person who let the students into the museum, into the mummy's chamber, he, Albert 3D, took full responsibility for the incident he would deal with in, with any problems. On the Egyptian side, he... In, uh, in the Egyptian side, and he would also put his mind in which the kids could remedy their misdeed. Calling the police would not be helpful, he concluded. Reluctantly, Miss Johnson surrendered the young offenders to his control. Miss Johnson is an awful person. I'm glad she does not have children. As far as I'm concerned, you're all, pr- you're all on probation, said the principal to Cass, Max, Ernest, and Yo-Yoji. If you want to graduate from middle school, 
you will do exactly as this man says. Otherwise, you will find yourself repeating a grade and worse, spending another year with me. I'm telling you guys reading this, a principal can't do that without your parents' permission. But no, they can't. At least I know it's like that in California, and I can't, can't imagine it's any different anywhere else. Not saying be a bad person or a bad kid. I'm just saying if a principal doesn't like you because they're mean, they can't hold you back. All right. Albert 3D soon came up with a plan, and late that very next afternoon, which happened to be a Saturday afternoon, which uh, the three chastened friends found themselves returning to the museum for their first round of archaeology boot camp. As the curator called it, their new home away from home, the restoration room looked like the, a combination art studio and a science lab. And in fact, that's exactly what it was. On one side, what there... What are they doing there? Um, what do you mean? What are they doing there? What are they doing? Yeah. They, they have to like work to make up for what they did because they broke something. That's what it said. They had to go back on a Saturday. Their new home away from home, the restoration room, looked like a combination of an art studio and a science lab. And in fact, that's exactly what it was. On one side, there were art supplies, paints, pens, and pencils, and plasters, and clays, and waxes, rolls of fabric paper, spools of thread and twine, scissors of every size, and more types of glues and mastics than you can ever imagine possibly exist. I don't know what mastics are. On the other side were burners and beakers, acids and solvents, scales and thermometers, and all sorts of substances and instruments for measuring and determining the age and composition of an ancient, not-so-ancient object. Left to their own devices, I'm sure our enterprising young heroes could have done any number of things with all the material at hand, from painting a masterpiece to building a bomb. Unfortunately... Albert 3D had other plans for them. When archaeologists, when the archaeologists greeted them, he was holding an ordinary shoebox in his hands as, as delicately and carefully as if it were a Fabergé egg. Indeed, the shoebox contained something extraordinarily fragile, the mummy's finger lying on a bed of linen like a miniature mummy in a miniature sarcophagus. I want you... I want you all to see this so that you understand the situation that you've left us in, he began sternly without saying hello. If you thought that we could simply sew the finger back on, you're wrong. There are many questions to think about. Will the operation further damage the mummy? What type of thread should we use? Would it be better to glue the finger onto the hand or should we leave the finger off to show how the body is affected by the passage of time? As for the shoebox, a Corfagus, its its purpose was to recreate the conditions of the mummification until the museum conservators figured out whether or not how to reattach the finger, uh, and they wanted to store it in such a way that it would be preserved exactly as if it were still embodied under the sands of Egypt. Are you ready for your assignment? Albert asked, placing the shoebox on a high shelf next to a few urns that were in the process of being reassembled. His three nervous... How do I spell what? World. W-O-R-L-D. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. His three nervous charges looked at the long table in the middle of the room. It was covered with hundreds, perhaps thousands of broken pieces of pottery. We're not supposed to organize all of those pottery shards, are we? 
Uh, all those pottery shards, are we? Max Ernest said. In archaeology, we call them sherds, not shards, Albert said. And yes, I want you to sort them all. That's what I meant by sherds. That's what I meant. Sherds, said Max Ernest, embarrassed to be caught in such an obvious mistake. A mistake that I'm sure you would never make. The ceramic sherds, not shards, had been exact, exact, wait, excavated, excavated, sorry, the the words cut up, excavated from Dr. Ammon's tomb and had been brought from Egypt to make sure that the, to make use of the mummy's new magnetic imaging equipment. The three friends' job to sit on the stools and separate the sherds, not shards, into piles by size and color, and nothing else. You might find some funny drawings on some of the sherds. The Egyptians liked cartoons, but a large number of them were found in Dr. Ammon's tomb. But please ignore them, Dr. Or, um, Albert 3D warned. Don't try and put the pieces back together. You'll just mess everything up. Interesting. With all those encouraging words, Albert 3D plunked himself down on the other side of the room to do some paperwork and let let his prisoners get to work. Their task turned in, out to not be unlike the early sort of stage jigsaw puzzle. The main difference be, being that they were not supposed to go beyond the stage. Surprisingly, it, this limitation proved extremely frustrating for Max Ernest, who was an expert jigsaw, at jigsaw puzzles, and for Ga- Cass whose nature demanded that she investigate any mysteries put in front of her. As for Yo-Yoji, he didn't like the limits in general. He still was terrified that they're not graduating and didn't want to get into any further trouble. So they tried to do as they were told. Albert 3D hadn't said anything about talking, however. That's fine. Yo, anybody else check out Glob's Glob's blog last night? Asked Yo-Yoji. They all shook their heads. So you don't know what happened to Amber then? Should I care, asked Cass, as she examined a shirt decorated with a bird painted on the back. Could that be an abyss, she wondered, before putting it off to the side? Haven't you noticed that she's been gone for a week? No. Why'd you miss her, Cass teased? No, Yo-Yoji glared. Max Ernest held up a shirt with the image of a scarab. Glob is a girl? No, Glob's a boy, but he wrote a post about Amber because she's been gone for a week. Um, did you, uh, Max Ernest held up a shirt with an image of a scarab. Hey, did you guys know a scarab was the same thing as a dung beetle? Awesome, said Yo-Yoji. You guys want to hear about Amber or not? He looked at them to make sure that he had their full attention. Okay, what happened, said Max Ernest. Dude, she went blind. Blind? The other two echoed in chorus. Well, sort of blind. She can still see light and stuff. Yo-Yoji amended, amended, enjoying the effects of the words and having... And it was only for a day. Did she get a chemical burn or was it virals? Asked Cass, her mind racing through all the scenarios that she'd studied. Yo-Yoji shook his head. Nothing like that. Glob said that Veronica said that Amber had some mysterious disease or something. Whatever it was, the next morning she woke up and she couldn't see a thing. That's awful, said Cass. Although, as everybody knew, she had wished far worse on Amber in the past i'll i'll bet anything that she's never done any sensory deprivation training going blind was one of cat's top 10 fears oh gosh that's horrible above malaria and below cerebral hemorrhaging and she trained for it constantly glob said it's a huge secret 
course, that didn't keep him from writing about it, Yo-Yoji snickered. Albert 3D looked up from his desk. Why doesn't it sound like you guys are working? Sorry, they cried in unison. After that, they were quiet for the la- at least three minutes. Then Yo-Yoji broke the silence again. Hey, is this like one of those cartoons that he was talking about? He held up a large shirt on which someone had drawn a mouse sitting on a throne. The mouse is supposed to be the, a pharaoh, right? Well, he's sitting on the throne and wearing a pharaoh's crown and a beard, so yeah, I would say so. Okay, Mr. Knows Everything About Shards. I mean, shards, said Yoyoji. If it's so obvious, what's coming out of his ear? It's the beak of an abyss. Cass, look. Cass took Yoyoji's shirt from him and placed it next to the shirt that she had put aside. I noticed this one before. Reunited, the two pieces of pottery showed an abyss standing above the mouse's fer- the mouse pharaoh's throne and whispering into his ear. The mouse was pounding on his scepter and the whiskers twitched angrily. Not a very flattering portrayal of a potentate, of potentate, potent, potentate, whatever. Cass felt un- a familiar tingle in her ear. She had no doubt that th- what the illustration meant. So do you guys still think still think the mummy was him? She whispered before they could respond with Albert 3D stood up shaking his head. You guys are hopeless. I can see why you're getting in trouble with your principal. He smiled. I like that about you. <laughs> Reminding them to focus on their work. He told them that he would be leaving them alone for 20 minutes or so. The exhibit would be moving to the Cario Hotel in Las Vegas in a few days. And there were a few more details that needed to be arranged. As soon as they're not so strict after all chaperone had left, Yoyoji turned back to Cass. So, you think the Abyss is the doctor who discovered the it? Cass nodded. Look, even when he's whispering, he's even whispering into the pharaoh's ear. And that means that he's Dr. Amun, the mummy, the mummy right here in the museum. Ridiculous, said Yoyoji, amazed at the coincidence. It's so ridiculous, it's ridiculous. I told you, there was a mark on the rib from the mummy finger, said Cass, pulling on the, the abyss ring out of her pocket to show Yo-Yoji. It had to be him. On the way home, uh, on the way to the museum that afternoon, Cass had filled Yo-Yoji in on findings about the abyss and the secret. Can I see, Yo-Yoji? Can I see, Yo-Yoji, who'd never seen a ring up, who'd never seen the ring up close before, reached out for it, then jerked his hand back in surprise. Whoa, did you feel that shock? Cass nodded, rattled. It's the ring. It buzzes sometimes when you touch it, and I don't know why. Max Ernest looked curiously. That's strange. They definitely don't have batteries in ancient Egypt. We can only think about it later, said Cass, slipping the ring back into her pocket. We don't have much time. Uh, time for what, said Max Ernest. To go to the mummy, of course. Cass and said Cass. Max Ernest looked up in alarm. Right now? The museum's closed. Yeah, it's perfect. Nobody's nobody's around to bother the exhibit. And the exhibit's right upstairs. Cool, said Yo-Yoji, who was antsy after 45 minutes of restoration of the restoration room that he would accepted any excuse to leave. Albert 3D is going to come back any second, Max Ernest said, aghast. We're in trouble already. I know, but I want I want to graduate as much as you do, said Cass. But think about it. The papyrus and the ring, the only clues are about about that we have the the thing were both stolen from Amun's grave. Maybe there's something else in the sarcophagus or wrapped up with him or something in the tomb ro- that the tomb robbers didn't get. 
So now you want to go rob his grave? No, I just want to look at it, said Cass, exasperated. We'll never have a chance like this again. For all we know, it's totally dark up there, said Max Ernest. Are you scared, asked Yoyoji. Of what? Of what you guys will do? Yes. Anyways, how do we know the alarm's not on? They don't put alarms on until later in the night, said Cass. Too many people are walking around before that. You asked? Well, I thought you wanted help, said Cass, avoiding the question. She pulled a small pen light out of her pocket and ready to go. Now, I want to know for sure you planned this, said Max Ernest. What do you mean? The flashlight. I always carry a flashlight. Yeah, in your backpack, but this is, this one is extra one. You, you only take it when you're going on a mission. Fine, you busted me. Are you in or aren't you? Max Ernest looked away from Cass and Yo-Yoji and back again. He was still sore at Cass. She seemed to want to want his help only when it was convenient for her. Otherwise, the secret was hers alone to discover. And yet, if this was truly their chance to discover it, her chance to discover it, he corrected himself, he had no choice. He had to go along. In the end, the secret was bigger than either of them. Ugh, I'm in, said Max Ernest. They are crazy. She's brave, man. She's not afraid to get in trouble. Oh, my gosh. Woo!